0: This is the Chicago Podcast Network. Hey everybody, thank you for downloading this episode of Around the World in 30 minutes or so. I am Nick Sarantos, Editor-in-Chief of the Chicago Podcast Network, joined in studio by Andy Zemanidis, the Executive Director of the Hellenic American Leadership Council. It is a mouthful to say every single week that we do this. He's here, we're going to talk about some international news, we're going to talk about the refugee crisis, kind of get into... uh, the implications of the Iowa caucuses, and maybe a couple other things if we've got time at the end, but we imagine the refugee crisis will probably eat up most of this yeah. half hour. Andy, how are you doing?
1: Good. How are you? I'm I good. Mean, if Hellenic American Leadership Council is a mouthful, you can go with HALK.
0: Well, I want to make sure we get the full name yeah. so that people can find you online and you know, go on
1: HellenicLeaders.com. Your- there it is. And for all you wrestling fans, you can pick, get some halc here.
0: Ooh. See, now you need to trademark that. You need to trademark that and get some t-shirts, and then you and I can go places and, and rip them. We,
1: we actually have the t-shirts. Halcomania? Yeah.
0: Is Does it look the same?
1: You'll love it. I'll show it to you. Okay. But... I'll wear it,
0: and then I will take it places and rip it open. But now we're going to, you and I are going to talk about this refugee crisis. I, w- I want to get into this a little bit. And there are, as of right now, uh, there's a lot of people who are currently sitting at the Greek northern Greek border and are not being allowed to move further into Europe despite promises that were made. Uh, this situation is growing. Uh, it, it's it's continuing to, to grow the xenophobia throughout most of Eastern Europe and now spreading into Western Europe as well. There have been a lot of right-wing um, government movement I don't know if you'd say that there there's been some elections that have started to go to the right wing and it's it's becoming a situation with not a lot of negotiation taking place anymore now it's just the blame game right now what would you like to see happen as far as this is all going
1: well uh, first of all it's a it's a humanitarian catastrophe let's forget about the governance of, of the EU on an unimaginable scale there's you know, there there are about 2 million refugees in Turkey, there's another one plus. Uh, in Jordan and elsewhere uh, in the Middle East, uh, you know, an 800 to 1,000 to a million have come into Europe at least.
0: Uh, the stats that I found this morning said 4.6 million people have fled from Syria since yeah. the start of this. Yeah,
1: and, and you know, that's. From Syria, you know, and we, we have Iraqis, we have Afghans, we have refugees from countries in Africa that people aren't really talking about because it's it's not ISIS related. Eritrea, uh, you have Libya, right? A lot of uh, a lot of refugees coming across the Mediterranean into Italy from there, um, and then on top of it, you also have this issue of the economic migrants who is a refugee, you know, it, so the, the you'll hear a lot about this as a migrant crisis, some people will call it migrant crisis rather than a refugee crisis, so it's important to distinguish, there's the asylum seekers, who are the people escaping war zones, then there's economic migrants, who just want a better life, you know, their, their standard of living, their prospects in their homeland are, are not promising. Uh, so they figured, you know, we're going to Europe.
0: How do you differentiate between the two? Like, what is there... Does the screening process take that into consideration? Yes, it does. Uh,
1: they, they they basically try to figure out where you're from and if you're from a safe place. If you're not from a war-torn place or a war-torn country, a war-torn city, and even, even when Frontex, which is the European Union's uh, Border Control Agency is is evaluating you they may even or you're coming from syria but you're coming from example from damascus damascus is safe it's not aleppo we may treat you not as a uh, asylum seeker so they will look at where you what your point of origin is and uh, you know what you're bringing with you because a lot of the asylum seekers remember refugees they actually come with money Right. They're escaping war. They're not just trying to get a job. So th- they'll take a lot of factors into account uh, to try to distinguish w- with who's an economic migrant and who's an asylum seeker.
0: With that concern and and not knowing who's economic and who's war, it's, it slows down the, the process of people being able to move in and out of the country. Uh, I know that there was a meeting this week or a, a discussion this week. I don't know if it was between the two. Uh, it's hard to get specifics, uh, but I know that uh, the Spanish met with or talked to, to uh, gave a message to Merkel, basically saying that this is not just a Greek problem right now. This is a European problem, and it's kind of being rebuffed at this point. Now I know that Angela Merkel has done a lot more than people thought that they ever would, as far as Germany is concerned, taking in refugees mainly based on reputations from World War II. But now that we're, that this situation is is becoming so much more of a humanitarian issue. Can you see a solution that goes... I guess what I'm trying to ask is, can you see a solution that doesn't force people to just drive to wanting to stop this completely? Because there does come a point, whether we want to admit it or not, where you can't keep taking people. There does come that point.
1: um, Well, first of all, there's going to have to be a lot more aggressiveness in trying to help the countries who have taken the most... Uh, migrants in the middle east or refugees so uh, you're seeing a little bit of that with turkey you know the eu has agreed to send three billion euros to turkey to help them dealing with the refugee crisis of course turkey has also been a sieve you know they they're letting you know refugees and migrants and not just now since the crisis but for a long time uh, cross over to the aegean if you go to, you know, if you go to Istanbul and the coast of Turkey, you'll see that they sell life rafts. The smugglers, you know, operate with reckless abandon.
0: Uh, uh, they, let me ask you about that. The the the, the people who are doing the, the the human smuggling. How similar is it to what happens to what Americans perceive as a coyote, uh, somebody who's bringing people over the Mexican border? Is it just as disreputable as yes. evil?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. What they'll do, and you know, Senator Durbin, I was at, at an event with Senator Durbin where he actually he uh, he actually had just come back from Lesbos uh, at the end of last year and saw what was going on. And Lesbos is kind of ground zero for for refugees arriving in Greece. Um, and he says, you know, they'll pack smugglers will pack a rubber boat full of refugees. And, and migrants, maybe 40 people. And they'll say, who knows how to operate the little motor? They won't even get in there with it. Okay, it's you, Nick. Operate the motor. And here's a knife. When you see the Greek Coast Guard inside, puncture the boat because then they have to re- rescue you. And once you're on the Greek Coast Guard boat, they're going to take you uh, to, Greece. to Greece. And uh, you can go from there. So it's... Uh, you know in in the case of italy it's even worse right because they're getting big ships and big ferries and of course italy in 2014 italy was getting the most uh refugees and migrants and they, they their response was a little bit more militarized uh, that they would they would interdite uh, in the middle of the mediterranean uh, they authorized military forces to go you know to the libyan coast and elsewhere and destroy smugglers' ships. So uh, Greece is a little harder of a case because of the proximity of a lot of these Aegean islands and the northern Aegean islands uh, to the Turkish coast.
0: and, and, And Well, practically, there's nothing, just on a practical scale, when you have that many islands, you can't, guard them all at once so once people get there like, is it similar to the rules that we have in or that we used to have with cuban refugees in the florida coast is greece one of those places where once you touch you're good like they're not going to send you back where you came from
1: well it's it, it's it's not one of those places international law if you show up and claim asylum your your claim has to be processed That's mm-hmm. that's just international law uh the the harder part for greece is the rules of the european union uh, and this explains a lot of the tension between greece and europe right now uh, this refugee crisis is part of a you know and, and we've spoken about the european economic crisis before but it's part of a an perfect or imperfect storm whatever you whatever you prefer to call it but you know the the, the front line countries uh, on Europe's refugee crisis are countries that are also going through economic challenges: Greece, Italy, Hungary. Right? We're not even going to talk about the Balkan states like Serbia and the former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia, that uh, that the refugees are are coming through, but they're not part of the EU. And so, Greece just cannot physically take care of all this. Right? They're they're cutting spending uh they're supposed to be shrinking their public sector. Well, who's going to take care of the refugee crisis? It's a public sector. And if you think about it, just a few years ago, uh, the EU's policy was, well, we're going to resettle 40,000 migrants from Greece and Italy. 40,000, it's a big number. Right? Because if you think about it, Secretary Kerry said we're only going to take 10,000 for 2016 here. But then consider what happened in January. A cold month, a month that you thought the stem, the the, the flow of refugees would be stemmed because of, of the winter, 52,000 came into Greece alone in January. So, you know...
0: Actually, as of the 28th, it was 54,518.
1: There you go. So, uh, you know, there's... Uh, now that Europe's policy is it will resettle 120,000, Oh. but
0: 120,000. i mean let's again f- the the full number that we've gotten over the, since this has started is 4.6 million like you said they're not all going to europe some are going to other places but you're talking 4.6
1: the vast majority the vast majority are still in the middle east okay um uh, again the biggest host country let's say of the refugees is turkey and then when you look at jordan and jordan has a history of Having a lot of refugees, Palestinian now Syrian, um, but resettling one hundred twenty thousand is what the European Union is presently committed to. But they are freaking out at this point about the flow is not stopping. Right, and they also want Greece to stop it. They they want to turn Greece into somehow some control point. Uh,
0: well, what, let me let me ask you this, you, you, we refer to the European Union and it's it's this conversation about they want they want Greece to slow the tide. What do they expect Greece to do? Like that that's my question. Is you you say slow the tide? You say stop this this from from getting into our borders. Okay, but do they want them to just start shooting down boats? I mean, what what is the what so, do they want? So
1: they what they expect, and then the European Commission at the end of January did a report saying greece is being negligent in, the, in its responsibilities i think it it was a kind of tone deaf report but what they want greece to do is create these hot spots right? and the hot spots basically become huge camps some people have likened them to concentration camps uh, you know, the best case scenario they become the way ellis island was back in the ni- early 1900s and uh, there is one operable hotspot in Las Vos, It's just north of the main town uh, of Middalini, And it's a former military base. So you go there, uh, Your the, the refugees there and the migrants, they're, they're separated by points of origin. So Syrian and Arabic speakers are in one part of the camp. Afghanis, Pakistanis, uh, South Asians are, are in another part. Then they register you, they fingerprint you, they check your documents to make sure that they're not forgeries, and and from there they give you a they they get you on a ferry to continue to the Greek mainland. Uh, Europe wants Greece to set up at least three of these. Right? Greece has one operable one. Italy has another operable one. So that's part of the problem. There is no point. There's not enough points to handle this mass of humanity that's coming on. Then the Europeans, or many Europeans, um, have a problem with Greece allowing the refugees to continue because under the Dublin Accords, which is... So there are two... You'll hear a lot about the Schengen area. And the Schengen area uh, is based on an agreement that was... uh, signed in 1985 in Schengen-Luxembourg, where the European Union countries, and presently there are 22 of the countries, are signed on to it. Uh, four are still to join. Uh, they're legally obligated to join. That's Bulgaria, Romania, Croatia, and Cyprus. Uh, there are only two European countries that are completely opted out. That's the UK and Ireland. And there are four non-EU European countries, Iceland, Liechtenstein, Norway, and Switzerland that are in it, and there's no border controls or passports in the common borders of these countries. After Paris, several of these countries, Austria, Germany, Denmark, France, Norway, and Sweden, started putting some of these controls back.
0: So this this, this gets into the idea of you hear just to put it in perspective for people who may be listening, you have a friend of yours who goes to Europe for for the summer. They basically go through customs the one time, when they land at the airport, get off the plane, and then from that moment on, traveling to different European countries, for the most part, it's like traveling to different states. Like, you'll approach a border, you'll know that you've crossed a border, but nobody checks your passports, nobody, you know, stamps you in. If you need to do something official, then it becomes something. But for the most part... You're not going to be stopped at a border and checked as you enter a country. Yeah. This is how it was throughout most of the '90s and early 2000s, correct? Yeah, up until yeah. up until recently, up yeah. until the, this is started. Yes,
1: you know, I mean, the the Schengen area got bigger, you know, as new members came in, but uh, and it
0: was mainly uh, a tourism thing, right? Like it was, it, it was. No,
1: no, actually, a lot of it was, you know, uh, financially based. I mean, imagine if, you know. Imagine if our truckers had to stop and, you know, going from Indiana. No, I mean, that most, makes sense. Yeah, most of our commercial goods are going by truck and train, right? So, if you had to stop, how many times, you know, going from Illinois to California, eh, how how much more cost there would be? And and French, uh, the chambers and the, the businesses of Europe are. Are pretty uh, concerned about the reimposition of, of Schengen. That it will cost billions. Uh, yeah, just of the billions. delays.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, so there's there's the Schengen area, and then there's the Dublin Accords, that, uh, where that's another uh, agreement, obviously signed in Dublin, uh, that <coughs> governs European uh, internal uh, movement. And the Dublin Accords say that wherever a illegal migrant is picked up, if they're picked up in Germany, you have to determine where was their point of origin, and they get they get held there. All right. So, so, wait, so, so, if Germ-
0: you, so if you find someone in Germany who came through Greece, they have to go back to Greece. Yeah, that's insane. Well,
1: and that's that's one of the problems, right? Uh, so Greece. And Italy, legally, or by agreement, they should not be allowing migrants to start passing through. The whole process has to happen in Greece. But Greece can't hold all these migrants. Italy can't hold all of these.
0: Well, we've spent the last five years, and it, it, I feel like it's... it. People like you and I pay a little bit more attention to it because we come from Greek families, right? Um. We follow the story a little bit more. You see a story about Greece. You're going to click on it more likely than someone whose family isn't. But nationally, here in the United States, Greece has become, and it does bother me sometimes. But people make jokes about you know Greece's economy and you know how you you know how bad it's gotten. And so this is common knowledge the world over. And now the European Union is expecting the country that they've spent the last four years basically destroying through austerity purposes to now financially handle the responsibility of all these refugees.
1: Yes. So this is this is the European Union's great failure. I wanna throw this pen through yeah. the wall. The European Union's great failure right now is that national interests have become prioritized over European interests and international interest. Uh, you right now and it would be a disaster. There are there are people pressing for Greece to be suspended from the Schengen area which would add yet another cost onto the Greek economy which would make it harder for the Greek economy to recover but it also would not stop the crisis. Right now refugees may be coming through Greece and migrants because they see that as the easiest point of entry. If if that gets cut off, you've seen you've already seen news reports that they're going, you know, into Russia, going through the Arctic Circle to get into the Baltics because that is their you know that's their intended point of destination, anyway. You know they don't they've realized that Hungary is a bad place to get to, Serbia, all these fences going on and barbed wire fences, and some people say. You know, I'd rather take my my chances on the the Arctic Circle because the International Organization for Migration has already called Europe the most dangerous destination for irregular migration of the world. And think about how hard it is to get there. The Mediterranean has been ranked the most dangerous border crossing. The Aegean, hundreds of children have drowned since that famous or infamous Mm -hmm. picture of that
0: yeah, on the, on, the, on, the on the
1: Turkish shore, a okay, hundred. So, Yeah, you know, and, and we're not
0: even you and I haven't even gotten into in a lot of our discussions about, and it's an important discussion that the the human trafficking that's that's taking place as well. There's people being kidnapped and put into slavery as a result of all of this because there's no one watching.
1: Well, and it's also part of ISIS's. Uh, forget about the uh, ISIS at the sources. Taking, yeah. taking minority religions, Yazidis and others, and, and, and making them slaves, uh, sex slaves, uh, and other, other slaves. I, uh, so, really, the, the world has to get serious about, one, first of all, let's stop this debate about trying to suspend Greece from Schengen. Greece needs help because of resources, and Greece, by shoreline, is the eleventh largest country in the world. It's it's a frontline state for Western national security. So the entire West should get involved. You think Greece ain't doing a good enough job? Fine. Let's send let's send more Frontex agents. Let's send Department of Homeland Security agents to take care of the fingerprinting.
0: Where is NATO They're, in all this? Well, hey, NATO I'm is not a, a border
1: agency. I, so, I, I
0: get that. I get that. But I'm saying, like in a situation like this, couldn't you use the mechanisms of NATO to mobilize? So you're talking about Homeland security couldn't you use the alliances that you already have established to kind of move stuff forward or any
1: no I think I think so it's the European, European Union. Union okay and and the, what the US could do is help tech technical assistance wise with Department of Homeland Security, especially training and they have been doing it uh, it just gotta it has to step up and the fact is every time DHS trainers train, some of these uh, these Greek customs agents there are more hits there's also equipment that could be given to the Greek Coast Guard and Greek customs that they don't have and they right now they don't have the money to buy uh, very simple ion scanners scanners that you know, these refugees are coming remember with all their belongings or everything that they can they can bring right. in bags. Greek customs, they do not have the scanners in Lesbos to be able to check these bags. So we don't know what's in these bags. Uh, a lot of these crossings are happening at night. The Greek Coast Guard has limited night vision goggles. They may go one kilometer to five kilometers. You need to get 10 kilometers. So, you know, this, this could help a lot fingerprint training we could send people to be fingerprinting these are programs actually we do have in the United States because we set them up during the bush years to help people in Iraq you know when 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 Iraq was the first time going straight to hell um, so these these programs exist financial assistance should be going to Greece if they want Greece to set up the 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 hot spot. pay for it yeah. go in there and pay for it Yeah. you, know, well, you, gave $3 you know, billion Greek, greeks you, are cutting they're, they're, the, the greece is cutting school lunches for their children you know uh, well, they gave
0: turkey three billion euro and as i understand the
1: they haven't given it yet they've just okay committed.
0: but, but i've also today I found an article that says the turkey is is basically they're not closing their borders but they've stopped taking as many people in as they can, and now they're setting up camps just outside their border where they're bringing in supplies there, Yeah, which leads to a whole other question about like, the money that they're giving to Turkey and whether or not it's going to be used correctly, which, of course, whenever any government gives another government, it's just the whole thing.
1: And, and there is there's the greater issue of creating safe zones for the people we just talked about. The Mediterranean is a very dangerous crossing. The Aegean is a very dangerous crossing. And the alternative is the Arctic Circle
0: and people and, are choosing it
1: and they're choosing it so that means we have not done as a west good enough job to create safe zones within syria within iraq and you know there's the, also the long term problem when you finally defeat isis who's going to come back and live there you know do you have a radicalized decimated you know, population so there has to be if you if if you can give people the choice of living just outside of where they used to live with the hope of going back when, when peace is there. But you have to give them security, a chance to really restart their lives uh, in safety. Uh, and right now, they're choosing, you know, for someone to take the choice, uh, to make the choice of putting their kid in a raft with a life jacket that's too big for them. And as Senator Durbin said that the little kids are getting those... Those swim wings. Yeah, they're not even getting life jackets. So for somebody to make that choice, that means they are facing absolute despair. And that's where where's our great failure. That it, we have to go to the root, not only beat ISIS, but but create safe zones for those people who are escaping Aleppo, escaping Mosul, and all the rest.
0: We got our five minutes left in the show, yeah. and uh, I know you wanted to talk about it, so we got. We'll do a hit it briefly. But the Iowa caucuses were Monday. And I'm just curious, after the results that you saw, uh, were you shocked by Donald Trump coming in second, and were you shocked at how close Bernie Sanders was to Hillary Clinton coming out of there?
1: So, no and no. Uh, first of all, if you look at the, the Republican electorate, uh, and I'll tell you this, if somebody said Donald Trump was going to get the mo- he got more votes than any Republican victory in Iowa ever except for Ted Cruz. All right, so Donald Trump performed historically well. Ted Cruz performed even better. In fact, Cruz, Trump, and Rubio, all three of them got more votes than any Republican victor of Iowa uh, ever in in the caucuses. Um, But if you look at the Republican electorate of Iowa, 64% of them are evangelical Christians. 85% of Republican uh, Iowans. Are conservative or very conservative. So it was a tailor made uh, for Cruz. Cruz spent a lot of time in Iowa. He was there, you know, he visited all 99 co- counties. Uh, Trump didn't really do that. He, he spent very little time in Iowa. Uh, he even said that in his concession speech. Maybe I should have spent more time there. Uh, it seemed like it, it reminded me a lot of the 2008 Democratic primary where. Obama put everything into Iowa, had a great ground game, was was mobilizing the base. So Trump probably overperformed what people thought he would do originally. Cruz kept himself in the race. Had he lost Iowa, he was out. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, The big surprise in the Republicans is how well Marco Rubio did, because there was no poll showing him getting up to 23%. And if that leads to what it seems that it's leading to. Well, he
0: won the most important poll of the night, which is the, in Iowa, they always say that there's there's the Iowa caucuses. But the most important one is, especially on the Republican side, has always been, if your most important factor was can win in November... Rubio won that by like 87%. And that's the one that matters the most.
1: So it's turning into he's now jumping. There are a few polls that show him finishing second in New Hampshire now. Yeah. Leapfrogging uh, Cruz. You know, there are some polls that show him comfortably in second, some barely in second. Uh, He may have ended Chris Christie. Chris Christie has taken. Complete aim at Rubio, and, and is now is falling to like three four percent in New Hampshire. Um,
0: Carson's done at this point, basically.
1: Yeah, um, and, and what we'll, 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 Santorum dropped out and endorsed uh, Rubio. We'll see what happens with Bush. If if Bush, Bush, uh, if he can finish in the double digits at least, then South Carolina is a place where he has. Uh, uh, he has invested a lot, so he may hang on to that, but it's, uh, it's quickly becoming a three person race in the, in the Republican, uh, primary, but it's going to be long because Trump's not going anywhere. No. And if Cruz can stay in the top three consistently, and let's say Bush is gone from South Carolina, Cruz can do very well in South Carolina. Uh, Trump is very strong in the South. Cruz gets stronger as you go West we may be in it for the long haul. Uh, As far as the Democratic primary, again, look at the Iowa electorate. It's it's a pretty high proportion of Iowa Democrats call themselves socialists. You know, New Hampshire is next to Vermont, also that. Uh, I'm, I'm not surprised at sanders did that well because we had been seeing him trending upwards i'm a a little surprised that uh, hillary's getting so much flack uh from within the democratic uh party that you know she's so being easily identified as this marginalized non-change candidate and all the rest all
0: right we have, just before we get out of here today, you've got coming up, in, you've got New Hampshire on the ninth, which basically the results of that are kind of, and they're not 100% known, but Trump, Cruz, Rubio are going to finish top three. Sanders is probably going to win New Hampshire over over Hillary because he says right next to Vermont. On the 20th, you've got Nevada for the Democrats and uh, South Carolina for the Republicans, and then you can flip it for the 23rd and the 27th if you go into it and it's still as close as it is going into what is now super Tuesday, even though it's not really because none of the big States are in it. Do you see a scenario yet? Cause I, I see Bernie Sanders as a viable candidate for a democratic primary season. I still don't see him as a viable candidate in the national election, at least not yet. Um, Saturday night, actually tonight will be a big factor because he's going to be in SNL with Larry David. And it, you, you know, people. He laugh, is
1: Larry David.
0: But you, but people laugh about that. But there's there's an argument to be made that poking fun at yourself goes a long way to making people like you. And when Hillary has done it, there's a reserve there, and maybe it's just because she doesn't have the same sense of comic timing. But it's it it makes her seem wooden. If Bernie comes off as likable, which he's been doing lately. Do you see a scenario where Hillary Clinton doesn't get the nomination?
1: I see it as very difficult. You know, you you said you're going to Nevada, you're going to South Carolina, you know, then you get to Super Tuesday in the SEC primary, so you're going south. I don't see the strength that he has there. You know, uh, they're making, the national polls have shown Hillary pretty comfortably ahead, even though I think yesterday a Quinnipiac poll said that uh, Sanders had closed it to two. That, that, so far, that's an outlier. We'll see. Uh, I don't see it. Uh, I really can't see him overtaking her. But, you know, as you know, other people pointed out, well, you know, that's what they said about Obama, too. Now, Obama had a lot of institutional support uh, in the media, in other Democrats. People rallied to him. The Sanders, it seems like a... A, a pretty big uprising um and his message resonates in the states that he spoke so far let's see i i don't see it i really don't Neither see do it. i but i,
0: I don't i'm see it. And, and
1: and and be honest you know he he points a lot to general election polls that says that he's electable in general election and you know you look at a lot of the polls you look at the distrust in government uh we don't want government, we don't, you know, even you remember the Obamacare debate, keep your government hands off by of Medicare. Medicare. And, you know, Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders' answer to almost everything is just more government, right? Uh, and almost to the point, you know, the Democrats historically have been, or at least the last twenty years, have been better on math. They don't throw things out there and it doesn't work. Math-wise, right. well, now Sanders is doing that. You know, whether it's his college plan or his universal health care plan, everybody's saying it doesn't add up. But the, the the point is, is that you have people angry at government. He's he's saying, you know, I'll just give you more of it, except in the one area where people want more of it, which is national security. Then he says, you know. I mean, when Hillary says he failed the, the, the commander-in-chief test, I actually buy that. Because when I hear somebody, and we've talked a lot about the Middle East on this show, when I hear somebody, I'm going to get Iran and Saudi Arabia to work together. Iran and Saudi Arabia, their relationship is the heart of all the problems in the Middle East. So, I'm not going to mention
0: people have been trying to get those two countries to get along for the last 5,000 years, and it's not going to happen, so...
1: So, yeah, you know, uh, we'll see, but, you know, I think this is going to be where we are now settled in for the long haul uh, in the primary. I thought you were going to go on a
0: long winter's night.
1: <laughs> the winter is coming.
0: Uh, don't even look. I'm still sad about Jon Snow, so you can't say that to me. yet. All right, Andy, thank you so much for being here, man. This is a good show, and uh, we'll do it next week. We were going to talk a little bit about the Zika virus next week. We want to get into that. and. There's a large sporting event about to happen in Brazil that you pointed out to me right before the show that we should probably discuss whether or not you want to send the, for those of you who don't know, there are 10,000 condoms given out every time there's an Olympic to all the athletes. They get used. Do we want that in a country with a disease like this?
1: And condoms don't protect you against mosquitoes
0: either. That is true. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Andy Zemanitas, the executive director of the Hellenic American Leadership Council. You can find it at hellenicleaders.com. Other than that, ladies and gentlemen, I am Nick Sarantos, Editor-in-Chief Chicago Podcast Network. You can find us on Facebook, Chicago Podcast Network, on Twitter, Chicago Podcast One, and you can email us on Gmail, Network at gmail.com. I'm saying it that way because I'm trying to cut down on the number of times I say at in the goodbye. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. We out! a pack of cigarettes it's dark and we're wearing sunglasses hit it you have been listening to the chicago podcast network